Nicely done, Beef. When football fans everywhere cheer for their team, they're cheering for you too, because your savory snacks fuel the gridiron battle. With your tasty sliders, hearty chilies, and drool-worthy steaks, every option is an MVP. Most valuable protein. So gather around the TV and get cooking at beefitswhatsfordinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee, one of the final Sunday coffees of 2021. Not much time left in, to do your Christmas shopping as we're here on the 19th of December. And so Charlie Winfield, Bart Gregory, we're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startwell. Charlie, I've got my uh, big cup of blueberry cobbler coffee, flavored coffee, from our good friends at Strange Brew. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Any last-minute ordering, you better get it in in a hurry. And I still don't know if you're going to get it in time. But it's amazing at the gift basket that you can put together yourself from online shopping at StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Ed, swing by there. they got some really cool mugs, too. So swing by and check them out in person. Three locations, two here in Starkville, one on University Drive, the other on Spring Street on Highway 12, and then Brupolo in Tupelo, Mississippi. And, of course, as we said, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Charlie, a lot of things going on right now. We typically do not delve into football recruiting, and I guess we can start right there. You had signing day, the first signing day period. This past Wednesday began on Wednesday, and you start thinking about and looking at the rankings, recruiting rankings. And let me tell you, I don't put a whole lot of stock in recruiting rankings, and I'm not one of those guys. I'm not, I'm not about to say, well, I don't, I don't trust the process. I think our guys like a Paul Jones and a Steve Robertson and our guys at 247 Sports, they do a phenomenal job, and they do a great job of covering, and they watch a lot of film, and they watch a lot of great kids. They write a lot of great articles in that entire organization. But to me, recruiting rankings don't take into account the entire picture. But at the end of the day, a top 25 recruiting class for Mike Leach and his program, and at the end of the day, you start looking at what we got, filling different positions. We're not just loading up on 10 wide receivers and you know four quarterbacks. You kind of spread the wealth around, and to me, that's the big thing when I look at this signing class. It seems like there was a lot of needs, a lot of needs that were met all across this entire roster. So I want to make sure I understand kind of the nuances of what you're saying because some people like to say stars don't matter. It doesn't matter if you're getting five stars. We can get a bunch of three stars and coach them up kind of thing. I don't think that's what you're no, saying. No, that's not you're what not I'm saying. You're not talking about that individual rankings don't matter. I think what you're talking about is more of the composite approach, right? Yeah, I mean, I think back to, I mean, I think back to Ed Ogeron. I mean, Ed Ogeron just load up on you know four star four star wide receivers, and but he didn't put a whole lot of emphasis on whether it be a offensive lineman and things of that nature. But you may have a top you know fifteen recruiting class, but you had a lot of holes that you didn't fill in recruiting. And so yeah, that to me it's it's a, it's a fascinating look. And I am a you know, hey, Charlie, you and I have broadcast a lot of high school football. You start talking about broadcasters and people that came up through the ranks. I mean, we came up through the ranks. I did 15 years of high school football, and I saw a lot of great players in high school football. And it's amazing to me, 
you know, so many people have different thought processes when they see a high school kid out there. I may be sitting at, you know, Noxipater High School, and I see, you know, Johnny Taylor, and I, I'm just making that name up, who's a running back. Man, oh, Johnny can run. Johnny's a great player. But let me tell you this. Johnny's good maybe at that level. But you, when you see a guy that can play at the highest level, the SEC, when you see that guy, you know. And there's a lot of guys in here that just signed with Mississippi State. If you go to a ball game at you know, Crystal Springs and you see Travion Williams out there, you know. Ted, the hardest place I ever had evaluating talent was calling junior college games. So I did a number of years broadcasting junior college. And what you see in JUCO is, you know, in high school, you can kind of also tell the guys who can't play. And so you've got an idea that if that defensive end is just wearing out the left tackle – You've got an understanding of whether he's any good or not. A lot of times you can look out there and see. The problem I had evaluating junior colleges was you had such a mix of kids. You had your guys who were dreamers. You had the guys who were a couple inches too short, a little bit too light, and guys who were trying to develop and find a way to force their way into a a D1 roster. You, You see those guys. Then you got the guys who were there for one reason, and that's because they didn't have the grades to go to a four-year school. And what is very hard to tell is whether that big guy playing left tackle is a dreamer or he's a a really good player. So when that defensive end's making a ton of plays, who's he beating? That's I always thought that it's easier to evaluate high school, if you will do it honestly, than it is in junior college. Now, the thing that gets you in high school – it's like the local golf course. Everybody has the guy at their club who they think, yeah. man, if we just got that guy a little bit of money and a month off of work, he could be on the tour. No, he couldn't. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, like I go back to that point is, you know, looking back at high school football, I remember doing a game one night at Houston High School and Louisville's playing Houston. And they had this guy on the defensive end for Houston by the name of Chris Jones. And at the time, he was not a thick guy. I mean, he, he looked kind of like a beanpole out there. And he was a junior. And he was wearing out that left tackle from Louisville. And so you sit there and say, okay, how good is the left tackle? How good is this kid? And what's amazing, too, is is when you see these guys and you say, okay, Chris Jones was a defensive end. And I also remember going to the Starkville game, Starkville in Knoxville <laughs> County. That game was legendary. Yes, and seeing a guy who was a defensive end – in Jeffrey Simmons. You're talking about two of the best defensive tackles in professional football right now. And you're looking at these guys in high school and their defensive ends. It's not about just watching and seeing a player and what they are right now. It's watching and seeing a guy of what he can be in a weight program. Greg Favors. Absolutely. Greg Favors was one of those guys who was undersized, just hadn't filled out. Undersized, not the right word. He was he was big and long, but he wasn't thick. Hey, we were talking to Roy Oswald a few months ago. Remember McKinley? It wasn't Dennis. It was Alvin. Alvin yes. McKinley. Alvin McKinley. I kid you not. He was an NFL defensive tackle. NFL defensive tackle. And when he lined up at Ware High School my senior year, he was outside covering a receiver as a cornerback. I kid <laughs> you not. And that guy grew into – so that that's the thing is there's no exact science. When it comes to what guys are going to become, 
and this is not one of those situations. I'm not making the statement right here, Charlie. Of I'm not I'm not happy. So hey, we we were just going to recruit a small amount of high school guys. We're going to go to the, to the portal. <laughs> we I, didn't sign many, and, yeah. we, and we didn't intend to. No, we did. We did not intend to sign. <laughs> what an I, article that was, by the way. Well, I don't know the stupidity of that one. Is it the source or is it the writer? I mean, <laughs> so I don't know what's what's the higher rank. Because let me tell you this: if I'm telling. The high school kids and the high school coaches in the state of Mississippi, hey, let me tell you, we're not out to sign a whole lot of high school guys. You know oh. what? The the head coach at, you know, George County High School or Loosedale or Callaway or Tupelo or Louisville or things of that nature, next year I'm sitting there thinking about, hey, man, this bunch don't like to sign a lot of high school kids. Don't tell a high school coach these kids don't matter. You know, sometimes high school coaches can't have it both ways, Charlie. Yeah. You can't say one thing because that's what it's telling me. The high school kids don't matter. You know, we're all guilty of being high school sports fans and wanting to complain about play calling or whatever with our own coach. But, you know, there are a whole bunch of guys out there who do it right in high school football. And it's really a calling to the a lot of those guys. And they're not trying to get rich. What they're trying to do is make a difference in the lives of kids. And because of that, they get attached to these kids. And when you tell them those kids don't matter, they take it personally. And I would too. And that's effectively what some people are saying when they say we would rather see who goes to a small school and plays well or goes to another big school and doesn't have a spot and take those guys. That's trouble. The other thing I think we've seen over the years, and I think you can say this in just about every sport, every big sport at least, if you forsake Mississippi high schools for the idea of going and getting people from other places, it's dangerous. Now, you need guys from other places, but you better not give up on the guys in-state. Well, and to be honest with you, that to me is one of the things I'm most proud of, of what this coaching staff has done, is they, they kept a lot of in-state talent at home. Now, at the end of the day, if we're, if we're living in West Virginia right now, and I'm sitting there saying, man, we had to have a whole lot of in-state talent or South Carolina, North Carolina. North Carolina really doesn't have a whole lot of talent. You know, it's one thing to have a lot of in-state talent, and it's a good thing when you're in Mississippi. It's not that good when you're in other parts. You've got to recruit the state of Mississippi to be successful. I'm a firm believer in that at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And so, yeah, that to me is the one of the things I'm most proud of is seeing what this coaching staff did and putting together a signing class that has a lot of Mississippi guys in it. Yeah, and not many days before signing day, we had people melting down saying we couldn't recruit the state, all because you don't get one or two guys that for whatever reason perhaps fans uh, focus on a little bit harder than actual coaches uh, and actual decision makers. You know, there's so many things, and, and that's the thing. And, again, I go back. I'll give a lot of credit to Paul and Steve and those guys who get into this because I don't and I don't want to and I'm never going to again, even though I used to. But, you know, there's so many things about kids that just kind of go unsaid sometimes, and a lot of people just miss the signals. Sometimes, you look, sometimes you got a guy who's not as fast as you think he is. Sometimes you got a guy who's got, you know, a bum knee, bum leg, bum shoulder, what have you. There's so much more that goes into the evaluation than the fact that you saw him play once. And I, I think sometimes, much like I've said about baseball seasons, football seasons, sometimes just step back and let it play out. Because for all the hand-wringing, it looks like this signing class played out really, really well for us. 
Yeah, it did. And so now we move to the bowl game. You, you, to me, it's very tough. And we saw Ross Dellinger write some articles about, you know, signing day in December and how that's probably going to be pushed back now until January, the first signing class, because it has been tough on coaching staffs because you're trying to coach your team. And then two weeks after the season's over with, you're trying to have your biggest signing class, you know, two weeks after. Now it gives you a little bit of time to recruit, and it gives some schools a, a, a longer chance to recruit during the dead period. Well, and it gives uh, Brian Kelly more of a chance to make dumb videos with his recruits, right? What a f- – I can't wait. And I know you don't want me to go down this rabbit hole, but what a mess they're having. You see that uh, Kayshawn Boutte is transferring. They have two guys leaving LSU to go to Alabama. How about that? Are you are you spurned because he, he left Notre Dame? No. Are you I've been, the spurned lover right now? Look, you heard my rant two years ago when I said, let's clean house. You're ready for him to go, wouldn't you? Yeah, I want – even Father Jenkins. I wanted the whole <laughs> – I wanted the whole university turned upside down. So, yeah, I was I was happy to see him go. All right, did you see where Texas Tech, their quarterback that was hurt during the season, lost, uh, has not played in the last four games. He's not going to play in the bowl game, so they're going to kind of be status quo with what they've been at quarterback. And so we get ready for the bowl game. Charles Cross coming out a couple of days ago, opting out, not going to play at left tackle in this game. You kind of wonder what that's going to do for us on the offensive line. It won't be good. And first, before we go any further, let me tell you this. When you start talking about recruiting and seeing guys in high school and knowing they're going to be special, we all could tell this. We all saw when Charles Cross was coming out of South Mississippi a few years ago that he was going to be a special talent. And he was one of the best left tackles we've ever had at Mississippi State. And so, yeah, I know he's opting out of this ball game. He's about to become a first-round draft pick. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud that Charles Cross came to Mississippi State, and I'm proud that he's going to be a guy that represents Mississippi State for a long time in the NFL. And hopefully on draft day there won't be any gas mask or anything else involved, uh, national stories, right? Yeah, he seems like a pretty good kid. Um, yeah, he does. I thought it was interesting, too. I, I appreciated what Will Rogers had to say. And they kind of tried to put him on the spot a little bit, ask him some questions about what he thought about guys leaving. And basically what he says is, man, it's their choice. Let them do what's best for them. That's a guy who's in touch with his locker room. Um, I, I thought that. The other thing I like about it, you know, there's so every time Mike Leach says something, we have people that want to kind of react and say, because Mike Leach came out and said, you know, they didn't like guys leaving early. And we have these people, you know, oh, no, you know, we shouldn't have said that. And, boy, the players are going to really be upset about that. What you see, and I take from Will Rogers' comments, you've got a group of players who are feel free to express themselves around Mike Leach and say they don't agree. He did not have the look of a guy who felt like he had to go out and tow some company line. No, not at all. And I think that's one of the things that's really interesting when you start talking about players and, and coaches and relationships with players and coaches, especially their head coach. I think that's one of the things that's really intriguing to me is you kind of wonder about a guy like Mike Leach who's been around the game for a long time, but it it gives the appearance that the relationship that he has with his guys is pretty strong, and the relationships that his coaching staff has with his players is pretty strong. And so, hey, hey, looking forward, looking at this, and, hey, we had a, a bowl pick em. We came out with this earlier this week where we're picking all the bowl games. It closed on Friday. If you're hearing this for the first time, I'm sorry, Friday morning at 11 a.m. was the deadline for it, and you picked all the bowl games and picked against the spread. And the reason I bring that up is State was an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas Tech. And, by the way, I did pick Mississippi State to cover the eight-and-a-half. What did you do? 
I honestly don't remember. Okay. we got to go back and check that. But anyway, what does that do? I think, by the way, that I did not pick us to cover. Picked us to win but not to cover? Yeah, I think that was kind of in my mind. And so that, that kind of you know, makes you kind of think about, you know, what does that do with, uh, you know, of course there was no entry fee in our deal. And, Charlie, you and I can't win, which, you know, is, is not very fun because we're entering in a contest that we can't win. But somebody's going to win some great stuff. Man, our, boy, our guys have been really good to us on that, haven't they? Man, we got a Yeti cooler from Farm Bureau. We got a K2 cooler, one of those big, nice coolers from Trax Plus. You know, Start, City of Startwell's got an umbrella and several other things in there, prize pack from a bunch of different folks. We got a Country Pleasing. Oh, yeah, that's a big one right there. A bunch of sausage from Country Pleasing. Gift card from Strange Brew. Gift card from Two Brothers. Man, we got all kind of stuff. It was a good deal. And let me tell you this. We didn't know how many people. We just sent the text message out and tweeted it out and pretty much just the tweet. And it is it was flooring the number of y'all out there that jumped in this thing. And we're gonna try to grow this. I mean it was all this has been a this has been a good trial run. And so anyway, that's going on right now. I did not fare very well at all in my opening picks. I'm not gonna go through I haven't really looked how I did yesterday. Because it was a, it was a good many bowl games yesterday, but I haven't really looked. I know I had the Jackson State, and they got pounded by South Carolina State. But anyway, that's that was a fun deal. So you know, bowl game coming up, December the twenty eighth in Memphis, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Well, it's gonna get it's gonna be on a Tuesday. That's gonna get here in a hurry, isn't it? Ain't long now. Ain't long now at all. Yeah, you know. So you think about what that does to the guys, right? So they're here practicing now. They'll get to go home from. What basically twenty to twenty second somewhere like that? Get back up here, lift on the twenty third, on the twenty fourth, twenty fifth. They're practicing, and then I think leave on the twenty fifth, headed up to Memphis. So uh, Christmas will be a little bit different for that group this year. Yeah, it will be, and they'll get a little bit of time off right after the game before you come back for the spring semester. And so, anyway, it's hard to believe football. You know, right here at the tail end of the year, and so Charlie, hey, that. Uh, as we said, that we really didn't have a sponsor. That was just a kind of a deal that we put together with our bowl pick'em, and so we we put a lot of our sponsors in there, and, and they've been so good to us. Of course, Tracks Plus, Tracks Plus, they have four locations: three in the state of Mississippi, one between here in Columbus, between Startwell and Columbus on Highway 82. They have another. Of course, the the main hub is in Hickory, Mississippi, on the I-20 Hickory exit. Summit, Mississippi, and then uh, then down in Alexandria, Louisiana. So four locations for our good friends at Trax Plus. Of course, great barco equipment. If you're a for- in the forestry world, those big mulchers, and you're looking for a skitter, you go with the best, and that's that barco equipment. And then Saney, if you're looking to dig a pond, if you're looking to dig out a trench, you need an excavator, need to tear down some stuff, those Saney excavators are outstanding. And so our good friends at Tracks Plus, they've been a great partner for us here in 2021. Charlie, I guess we need to talk a little bit about basketball. We'll talk about the baseball schedule in just a moment. Kind of set up the baseball. Hey, it's two months away now. We're, it ain't long now. You're talking about it ain't long now. It ain't long to baseball. But first, basketball had a win on Saturday, excuse me, on Friday night, 69-66, to a win over Furman. Hey, that one almost got away from us. Had a big lead early, kind of went back and forth throughout. We're now 9-3 and three on the season and uh, went at 69-66. to 66. And 
I ain't going to lie with you, Charlie. I thought that we were going to let that one slip away from us, but we did a good job late in that game defending and defended Furman very well late in that game. I'll tell you, if there's one thing I could give this team for Christmas, it'd be points. I just don't think um, you're not going to go very far scoring in the 60s, right? And so I think college basketball right now is about scoring. I think you've got to go out and put points up. And if if there's anything I think I would do, and you've heard me say this before, I was a I love the quote from George Carl. You know, used to coach the Seattle SuperSonics when they existed. But his thing was, I want my team to play out of control and let me pull them back. I want to see this team play a little faster, a little less in the half court, be a little bit quicker getting shots. I'm not saying I want Paul Westfall. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't know if you saw that one. You know, Paul Westfall used to have the rule basically that you got nine seconds to get a shot up. You know, I'm not saying that. But Westfall got us started um, at Loyola, right? Loyola, yeah. Remember Loyola and UNLV back right 1990, 91? Tarkanian, man. Yeah. Bo Kimball, Hank Gathers. Oh, man. There's a name. Two guys are big time. And you remember, man, they play UNLV. And I remember when they first started the game, whoever was doing the broadcast, I can't remember who it was. And they said, take a look. And they had a, a view of the shot clock. And they said, here is the view of the shot clock, and this will be the only time you see the shot clock <laughs> in this game. And that was true, man. They were up and down the floor. That was a great 30 for 30. Oh, the guru of go. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then he went to the NBA. And Won a title with the Lakers, didn't he? Westfall? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think maybe Magic's rookie year. I could be corrected. Uh, I don't know. That's a Googling question for later. Uh, yesterday, women's basketball, yesterday, Charlie knew you and I had that game uh, down by seven at the half. We ended up losing by seven to Troy. Uh, hey, but first, before we talk about women's basketball, men's basketball on the road down in Jackson. That'll be Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. We'll play Winthrop. And so Winthrop's a pretty good ball team, too. Yeah, they're not bad. No, they're not at all. Hey, Furman's not bad. I mean, Furman beat Louisville earlier this year. And really, I mean – had South Carolina on the ropes. I mean, she, you know, they're. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I know. I know. I hear you. But Winthrop on Tuesday, and then we. Tolu back. What's we that? We need a healthy Tolu. We do. And um, and when you get Tolu back, I want him spotting up and posting up a little bit closer than 12 foot from the goal. <laughs> and so, anyway. But you don't want the Ralph Sampson disease, right? No, I don't. I don't. Ralph was 7'4 and wanted to be a guard. Yeah. Well, uh, women's basketball yesterday, down by seven at the half, ended up by lo- losing by seven to Troy. And uh, you know, they, they'll play again later today against Jackson State. Hey, let me tell you, Jackson State ain't bad. Jackson State ain't bad at all in women's basketball. No, in fact, I, I don't want to say I expect to lose, but I would not be surprised at all. You play like you did yesterday, again this afternoon, and you will get beat. And this is a team that's thin. Not a whole lot of depth in that women's team at all. And so you're playing actually three games in a row, play South Carolina State tomorrow, 2.30. And so we do not have the game today. Today is an actual SEC network game. Oh, by the way, and let me tell you this, and we say this ad nauseum, and I hate to keep on bringing it up. I hate to keep bringing it up. And, you know, Richard and I think Joe Klein, yeah, Joe Klein had the game with Richard on Friday night. It's not Richard's fault. I'm talking about Richard Cross. It's not Richard's fault. It's not Joe Klein's fault that they're sitting in their living room. The Richard's 90 miles away up the road in Oxford calling a Mississippi State game from their home 
and it's, it's not fair to them. And I think they did as good a job as you can ask for. And let me tell you this. As I'm watching a game the other night with Furman, and they're wearing those dark uniforms, those black uniforms, I'm sitting there going, how in the world do they know who has the ball at the top end of the screen? When you take a three from the top corner, there's no way to know who's shooting that shot. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. I, this is one of the things that ESPN is doing right now, that uh, it's a cost-cutting, and it is not good. If you think you don't like it now, just wait to college baseball season. Yes, sir. Yes, just sir. Just wait till you roll back around to regionals. Wait till you roll back into your super regionals. And you're going to have a lot of people who are very familiar with teams, who've watched games and called them all season, sitting at home, while some guy that played college football in Topeka is going to be sitting in his – living room in Sheboygan calling the game. Yeah, and uh, hey, this is not a broadcaster knocking another broadcaster. No, it's not their fault. No, it's not. Because there's there's plenty of people that probably sit out there and say, man, that Gregory guy, he's not very good. And that's my that's my, my mom. I was going to okay. say, that's family. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how about Buck Showalter? Buck Showalter? Well, I'll say this. You know, Showalter getting hired as the new manager of the Mets. And here's what I would say that he has going for him. Showalter is ready for the New York media. He is tested. He is battle-worn because not only has he been the manager of the Yankees, he's been on this program. And you get on this show, you, you come out of it okay, and you can handle anything. The hard-hitting questions we had for him that day, and I don't think that he can talk to the Post tomorrow and feel any more pressure than what we laid on him. No, I, I think he – I mean, you talk about just battle scars, he's ready. And he coached for the Orioles, too. He managed the Orioles, which means – He survives that. I mean, he's seen the good and the bad, right? And so, um, hey, did I tell you about that time I went to spring training game down in Sarasota? The Yankees were playing the Orioles. And our good friend, Russ Aldrich, you know, Russ and Buck, good friend. They played together here at Mississippi State. And I, oh, yeah. I had a run into Russ at the game down there. And Russ was like – I had Sims with me. And this is like three years ago, so Sims is probably eight years old. And he's like, hey, I want to introduce you to, to Buck. Of course, Sims didn't have a clue who he was. So we walk up to the dugout, and Sims is wearing this New York Yankee shirt. And Buck wore him out about that wearing that Yankee shirt. Boy, what are you doing? What? What are you? Why are you not wearing an Oriole shirt? You're, this is this is our ballpark. This is our spring training facility, and you're wearing a Yankee shirt. And so every time Sims hears Buck Showalter, that's all he thinks about is man, he that guy didn't like me. That, <laughs> that guy didn't like me at all. And so. Anyway, uh, so, hey, we talk about baseball. Baseball schedule's been released, and now you know, we get ready for the season February the 18th. Yesterday, two months away. I would love to have yesterday's weather two months from now. I was all, that was awesome. It was a little bit, you know, overcast. A little bit overcast, but it was nice. Man, you just wait to February, what, 18th? 18th, 19th, and 20th, and Long Beach State coming in here. Be a high of 37. Second weekend, we played Northern Kentucky at home. Third weekend, and this is one of the ones I'm waiting on, Charlie, is we have that return trip to Tulane. We go to Tulane this year. Played Tulane at home last year. Won two out of three. No Brandon Oltoff this year. Yeah, and uh, he's not going to be playing with his glove where we think that he's a doctor in the baseball. And uh, we had two walk-off wins that weekend. Luke Hancock had the grand slam. Tanner Allen had the – had the two-run single. And I still go back. I think some of those games early in the year really helped us late. I think learning to come from behind was important for us. Oh, it was. And then we played Texas Tech. We talked about this last week. We played Texas Tech in Biloxi on March the 8th and March the 9th. You can go online and buy tickets through the Shuckers. 
And so that'll be a great uh, midweek series right there. We had that a couple of years ago, and boy, that was a, had awesome crowds down there. We had awesome weather down on the coast, and that was great. Uh, Princeton will come in, and uh, the Princeton Tigers, the final non-conference weekend, and then we jump into SEC play against Georgia. And we're on the road for that Georgia game, right? Yeah, on the road for the Georgia series. The first SEC home weekend is the 25th, 26th, and 27th of March against the Alabama Crimson Tide, and then we go to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. That's That'll be a big early series. Big early series, yeah. Then LSU at home, and LSU series will be the 8th, 9th, and 10th. Hey, they're going to be good. They are going to be good. Because they basically got Arizona's team. It's Arizona playing in the SEC. And let me tell you this, the way, they, the way those guys could hit, when it gets to late in the year down at Alex Box, oh, my. When it gets to May and those guys in that ballpark and that Cracker Jack box, wind starts coming out of the south, shoot, they're going to be hitting them halfway to Tiger Stadium. Yeah, I think LSU is going to be really good this year. And then that uh, we have a Easter weekend series, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, against uh, Butch Thompson and the Auburn Tigers. And then we go on the road to Ole Miss. And so, anyway, back in Pearl this year, first time we, we had did not have the Governor's Cup last year. We were back in Pearl this year for the Governor's Cup. And it's right after the Ole Miss series in Oxford. Yeah, four straight games against them. Yeah. I Ole, don't, don't love it. No. Ole Miss is going to be okay this year. They're always going to be okay. And, uh, hey, we've got Missouri on the schedule this year. Play them in Columbia. That's a tough place to play. I'm not going <laughs> to lie with you. Well, tough because it is not like playing in an SEC ballpark. It's more like playing, uh, I don't know, what's Nanawaya stands like now? Well, we've done a little work, and uh, we've got some <laughs> got some concrete blocks around there. So, you know, I remember we went to middle – we played Middle Tennessee, and this was this would be Coach Polk coaching 2008. It was Coach Polk's last year, 2008. And we were supposed to play at Middle Tennessee, and they're doing something to their stadium. And I think it was Winchester, Tennessee. We ended up playing down there. And it was actually a high school ballpark. And on in the right field side, it was like short porch to right. And um, they had this cat named Bryce Brent. Brents. His dad played football or something at Mississippi State. And this guy was unbelievable. And they wore us out. Coach Pohl got thrown out that night. We couldn't find him. He got thrown out about every game that year. Though, he did. He? he got thrown out all three against Kentucky. And we're looking out behind the left field wall. It was a wood wall, and there was smoke billowing over the top <laughs> of the wall. Okay, we found Coach Polk. He's out there smoking a cigar. But there's kind of that same feel going to Missouri. Man, you get there, and the guys, you know, you used to play in these cathedrals, and you show up, and, man, this just is not good. It's not good at all. Do you miss college coaches having the freedom to get thrown out like that? Yeah. We don't get any good arguments anymore. Now, replay took away some of that. It did. I mean, you know, there's nothing to argue about really on a replay. But, you know, I kind of miss the good old Ron Polk, get out there, kick some dirt, you know, a few of the John Cohen moments. You know, I asked Coach Polk, we had this conversation this past week, and then, if, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, and I try not to wear it out, but his office is right down from mine, which is, I mean, it's every day there's something that comes out of his mouth. The other day it was about he was going to Vegas and he wants to do Uber, and he wants to do Uber from the airport to his hotel, and he was asking could he call Uber on his flip phone. And I was like, no, you have to have an app. And he's like, well, I'm not doing that. I said, well, just call a cab. And so what about Lyft? I said, you know what Lyft is? He said, it's the same as Uber. I said, well, how did you know that? I said, if you know that, that's step one. That's step one to technology. The second thing is, is you don't have to have a phone. Just get you an iPod. 
something that you can FaceTime audio or just use the app. But he won't go that far. But because he says he sat beside me last year at the Southern Miss game down in Pearl, and I got people we were losing early on. I got people blowing me up. They're texting, you know how it is. Oh yeah, our text groups or whatever. And Coach Polk's sitting there, and he was like, "This is the reason I don't have an iPhone." It's because I can sit and watch the game. And I was like, well, yeah, I kind of admire you for it. But anyway. But have I, you ever seen anybody as just blown away by a stats monitor as Coach Polk? Completely. I mean, you can, you can tell all that? How do, you, how do you know that? How do you know that? Well, it's because I know where to look it up. It's, it's, it's funny. I mean, and let me tell you this. I have enjoyed, and I think he has enjoyed being back around as much as he is, and he does a great job. I, I, I hear him every day talking to former players and you know former coaches and texting different guys. And he's he'll come into my office. It doesn't matter how busy I am. I could be in the middle of like nine things at nine time at one time going on, and he's going to walk in and sit down and say, "Hey, what you doing?" And it, it's going to lead into something. And he gets onto me and you a lot. Did you know that? Oh yeah. I mean, he gets into us. A lot. Well, I will tell you, it. Uh, all jokes aside, having him around doing broadcast has been really cool because there are some things that you and I, you, we instinctively know, for example, well, the center fielder took a bad route or the guy lost it in the sun, but what you get from him is kind of that one more level. You know, you get that, well, what he should have done is this, and then you get into these big, long discussions about, when you turn and completely lose sight of the ball, what the exceptions to that are. Remember the discussion we had? About Rowdy Jordan. Yeah, you've got to turn away from the ball, not even look at it, go on a dead run, nowhere to go. So what are the exceptions? Is the sun an exception? Is a high sky the exception? Is wind the exception? And he gets into all the different little nuances. It's it's been really cool to have him around. It really has. It really has. Hey, Charlie – yeah, baseball, it's hard to believe. It's two months away. So, a lot of things going on. Hey, I've got one baseball comment that I'd like to make, Mark. Okay, before you do that, before you do that, it is Christmas season. Okay. So, you know what that means. A lot of presents being bought right now. Okay. Somewhat like that trip to Omaha where you may need a little extra cash. Our good friends at Bank First. Bank First, better way to bank. Location throughout Mississippi and Alabama. That's a segue for me, Charlie. Sorry. Bank First, great customer service. Moat Griffin, Marcus Mallory. I think about John Shapley, Johnny Ray, down in Jackson. I think of Dennis Bach. I saw Dennis the other day. He was taking somebody to lunch. He never takes me to lunch, but he, he was taking somebody else to lunch. But uh, Bank First, man, just great people. And I work with them on a daily basis. I'm building a house right now, dealing with Bank First. I'm not af- afraid to admit it. Man, those guys have taken care of me. They've been great, great people at Bank First. All right, what's your thought? Sorry. My thought is, while you won't be disappointed in Bank First, be prepared to manage your expectations coming into this baseball season. You heard me say this last year. I am a little bit concerned that even I, you know, we kind of got an irrational exuberance now about baseball, right? And I think we're going to say, I think the SEC is just so loaded in baseball talent right now that I said this last year, there's going to be a lot of really good teams finish 15 and 15 in the league. There's going to be a lot of really good teams barely above 500. And I think the thing that we did so well last year was viewing the season 
as a season and not a series of weekends. You go back to us beating Vanderbilt. Part of the reason we were able to beat Vanderbilt in those final three games, two out of three, and become national champions is because we managed our pitching. We had guys ready to go when we needed to, and we didn't blow up our staff trying to win games in the midweek or trying to win a Sunday game at South Carolina. I think it's going to be very important that everybody kind of take that marathon view again. We're not going to come out of the gate and go 20-0. and 0. It's, it's baseball. It doesn't work that way. And it's going to be a grind all over again. What's a great record in Major League Baseball? What's kind of that benchmark? 100 wins, 160. 100 wins, 62 losses. Exactly. 62% of you win 62% of your games. If you win 62% of your games in a 56-game schedule, that's at 32. So 32 and 20, 32 and 24. Is that right? Am I, is my math wrong? No, I think you're right. No, it's 35. 35. 35 and 21 is if you win 62% of your games in college baseball, you're going to be 35 and 21 with no rainouts. That's where sometimes baseball gets lost in a difference of football where you're going to lose games. It's going to happen. Last year we lost to Kent State because they had a guy that came in on a Friday night and or Saturday. Saturday and, guy. And just shoved it. I'm talking about. Was that Albright? Yes. Luke Albright? Luke Albright from Kent State. He ended up with an RPI over 200. And they came in here, and let me tell you this, they came close to winning two out of three. And, of course, we know hit them on that Sunday game. That was a year. That was a game we had like five or six guys. Yeah. Hey, Tulane was closer to sweeping us when we were, you know, they, they were close. Oh, absolutely. And so, Old Toff, was, we had to have two walk-off wins after the guy, I hate to use the term again, shoves it on Friday night. So, that's the thing about baseball. It's just different. I mean, you're not going to win every game. And so, and hey, that's the thing. You're starting pitching-wise, you kind of wonder what that rotation is going to look like. You'll see Landon Sims on Friday, it sounds like. Yep. Hey, we're going to come back in the midweek this week, right? We've got one more regular show, like a midweek out of left field show. We'll try to get everything ready for the bowl game. And then uh, next week, we've got uh, Christmas next Saturday. Is that right? Isn't Christmas on Saturday? Yeah. You Man. know, so here's a quick thing. I think Saturday is the worst day of the week to have Christmas. Next to Wednesday. I think Wednesday is the official worst day. It's kind of like July the 4th. You never want July the 4th to be on a, on a Saturday? No, it's just. Because it just kills the time off, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the same way with, with Christmas on Saturday. You just don't feel like, you know, you get any time off. Because Friday, I'm going to be, sometime Friday afternoon, I'll have to start shopping. True. And then shopping on a Friday, right before Christmas, you got people who are working. They're trying to get out of there, trying to get out. Sometimes the shops close a little bit earlier because you got somebody behind the cash register. Oh, they don't yeah. want to tell the owner that they want to leave early, but they leave early. And then guys like us who are walking in at four forty-five for a five o'clock closure. Wait, what or, you got here? Hey, man, where are you going? Why the door was locked? Well, and by the time I leave your store to go to another store that actually does close at five, it's too late then. And so you just messed my whole day up by not working at five. Anyway, hey, enjoyed it as always. It's always fun to get together here on a Sunday. Sunday coffee. This has been a blast this year. 2021 has been fun for the out of left field crew. I feel a little bit let down today, though, Bart. I mean, we're not really mad about anything. You know, usually on Sunday there's some kind of rant I can go on. I'm just, you know, it's. Here's my thing. Here's my Christmas resolution. Or is it New Year's? It's a New Year's resolution. Maybe you have the Christmas spirit. Christmas spirit. I don't like Christmas music. I didn't love it at basketball yesterday, by the way. No, I didn't either. 
I'm not a big fan. I like good Christmas music. I don't like the Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. Oh. Is, I know she makes a killing off that. When that comes on, I turn it off. But I'm not a And good- I would like to take Holly Jolly Christmas and wrap it up into a package and throw it in the ocean. There, to me, that I don't mind Burl Ives. I don't like, I mean, everybody talks about Christmas music starting in November. Before, before you have Thanksgiving, you're listening to Christmas music. I don't even like Christmas music right now. It's the week leading into Christmas, and I don't like Christmas music. See, I'm trying to manufacture. I a don't rant like right now. new Christmas music. I have a theory no. that, like any, basically to be good, you have to have been recorded like before '64, '65. It's kind of like George Strait songs. I think the last good song he had was "Amarillo by Morning." Am I wrong on that? Well, I'd have to brush up on my George Strait discography. I think you two and George Strait. Their music from the 1980s is better than anything they've had in the last 30 years. Not a big Vertigo fan? No, I'm not. I'm not. But let me tell you something. They can put on a show. So can the Rolling Stones. I like all the Rolling Stones stuff that was old. Not the new stuff. Just don't let them sing Christmas music. Please. Well, all right. Hey, uh, once again, thanks to all y'all for listening here in uh, 2021. We've got a couple more shows for you before we put the wrappings on this one. I guess we need to do a... We'll do a Sunday coffee next week. Then we'll do a dig dig before the bowl game. We'll have a Monday deep dig. Yeah, so how um, how in-depth or how soon are we going to get in-depth into talking about baseball? When does this show become a baseball show? January. All right. So we'll start breaking down the roster. and Start breaking down the roster. We'll start a more in-depth looking at the schedule. We'll start looking at other teams. I think the league is going to be really, really good in baseball this year. It by is every year, but I think it's going to be really special this year. By the way, is there a sport that signing day means less in than baseball? I shouldn't say that. That's not true. Obviously, you need talent. Talent matters. You want your guys coming in. Signing is just kind of step one. That's the other thing that we've got to do is – when we start breaking down these other teams is figure out what their rosters actually look like. Figure out what ours actually looks like. A lot of guys on the move, a lot of guys sorting it out, and that's just kind of the world we're in now with limited rosters. And we are still dealing with the backup of those extra years from COVID. You know, last year was the biggest year to deal with it, but that's going to have a ripple effect. You talk about a sport that high school players are being really hurt in, college baseball. Yep, no doubt. Hey, LaQuinston Sharp's coming back. That is so big. That's massive. I'm glad you mentioned that because we've talked about this. Like, for Mississippi State next year, we're going to have to replace our right tackle and our left tackle. And you say you tend to think that that's the most important thing, and it's big. It is huge. But the reason I think we got better this year is because we started doing a better job blocking it up the middle. Cam Jones, LaQuinston Sharp. We just started blocking it better. We did. Hey, we could talk all day. We enjoyed it. Once again, thanks to our great sponsors here on Sunday Coffee, Strange Brew Coffee House, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau, agents in every county in the state of Mississippi. Hey, my good friend Joey Partridge has been doing Farm Bureau insurance for 38 years. He's retiring right now down in Winston County. Joey, good, good folks, good fella. And I hate he's retiring, but he he was a fantastic agent, and he's retiring right now. And great agents just like Joey all across the state of Mississippi with Farm Bureau. Bank First, a better way to bank. Locations throughout Mississippi and Alabama. Our great friends at Trax Plus. And, of course, the Mississippi Beef Council, the Mississippi Beef Farmers and their checkoff. Beef, it's what's for dinner. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.